0: of our graduating class uh, last last summer. I wasn't able to make it. I was on that missions trip. But uh, I looked and they had the alumni men's glee club singing a whole concert. And I looked at some of the close-ups. I knew a a good chunk of the guys in there. And they came to the last song. And the the director gets up and he says, Traditionally, we would exit and sing this on our way out, but some of us have mobility issues. (laughs) 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 So we'll just be staying on the platform because some people can't do stairs. But I saw my best man of my wedding was up in the back row, Tim, and uh, so I got a hold of him, and we were reminiscing on the, Facebook, oh it just it does nothing for you, but it sure was a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, aren't memories great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aren't memories great? Uh, I just I just felt I I'm talking about good memories. I don't want about bad memories. I've got enough of those. But good memories. Yeah. Things yeah. just brighten up your soul yeah. Yeah. and remember different great things God has done and great families that all kinds of neat stuff. And uh, but enough about my memories. Uh, My memory gets us to the place where we're praying by the book. What part did you uh, say? I was second tenor in those days. I had a higher voice in those days. I told him I said if we reenacted this this uh, thing and I was back there singing, I'd be doing the bass solo in this performance. Uh On my journey, oh the people in front of me were doing the speed limit. Well, uh, you know, you can't talk for that, you know. <laughs> Praise God. Well, let's get on to Titus. All right. We're going to look at a fellow by the name of Titus. Titus doesn't get a lot of press, but we're going to learn a little bit about him today. If you don't know and get started with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for an opportunity yes. to gather together once again to study your word. We thank you for those that are gathered here, those that may be still on the way. We also pray for uh, those that are watching on live stream, and I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to do that. We thank you for those that are watching from uh, all over the from New Philadelphia and and different other places, Chicago, other places that we know of. We ask Father God that you would meet them in a special way as we study your word together. We pray for your presence in this place. Anoint your word to our understanding. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. And I want to throw a shout out. I talked to a dear friend, last yesterday afternoon, uh, Donna Wright. She was uh, my best buddy's wife. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, and she called and trying to figure out how to get hooked up to these services. And so, Donna, welcome to the Bible study, and we, we'll talk to you later about it. Okay. Turn if you would to Titus, the letter to Titus, one of the pastoral letters. Uh, He's giving pastoral advice through the Holy Spirit to a young man by the name of Titus. Titus chapter 1 and beginning with verse number 1. Paul, a bondservant of God and of the apostles of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested His Word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, a true son in our common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things which are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you." Now, what do we know about this fella named Titus? Before I turn the page, some of you like to wait until I turn the next slide so you can answer what I already wrote down. But but you think you're really good about that. Before I turn the page, what do you know about Titus? He was a
1: convert of Paul.
0: Yes, he was. Yeah. I needed to back that up, didn't I? He was a convert of Paul. He calls him a true son in our common faith. It's. I was thinking the other day of some of the people that that are in the the ministry today or serving the Lord and an opportunity to see them kind of grow up and, and begin ministry, I think of different people that it's been my privilege to uh, lead to the Lord or uh, pray for them for healing or the baptism of the Holy Spirit or serve with them in ministry, and it's a closer relationship than even family, isn't it, when we have our brothers and sisters in Christ. So, yes, he was a a convert of Paul. We don't know where, but we assume it's where Paul's sending him back to. In just a few moments, he is mentioned thirteen times in Paul's letters. Most of them are in First and Second Corinthians, but he's mentioned in a wide variety of these places. So he was well known among some of the churches. We find that when they're bringing greetings or. They're using him as an illustration of something. It was somebody that was familiar with them. He was not a nobody. He was somebody who traveled with Paul, was a convert, but also had a good reputation among the people of the churches of that time. So he was a very present uh, person involved in Paul's ministry in the missionary journeys. And we're going to look at just a few of them. We don't have time to look at all 13. (laughs) No. All 13 mentionings. Can I get somebody to read 2 Corinthians 2, verses
2: 12 and 13?
0: Tom's got that one. And 2 Corinthians 7, 5 through 7. I got it. Wait a minute. I had a hand back there. Raise your hand, son. Raise your hand.
2: Okay. And then
0: 2nd Corinthians 7, 13 through 16. You got your hands up. Okay. That's yours. Okay. And then Galatians 2, 1 through 3. Alrighty then. We'll catch that on the way back. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13.
1: Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and the door was opened to me by the Lord. I had no rest in my spirit, because I did not find Titus my brother, but, but taking my leave of them, I departed from Macedonia.
0: Okay, what well is this a simple mentioning of Titus? How is Titus uh, a part of this ministry of Paul? I think it's significant. Have you ever gone someplace expecting to meet somebody and they weren't there? Oh, yes. And you're disappointed, right? Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yes. You were were going there to meet with them Mm -hmm. and anticipated it, and they're not there. That's what happened to Paul. Paul went to Troas to preach the gospel, and he was looking forward because he had sent... Previously, he had sent Titus there and to minister and we'll find out what his role in ministry was in a moment but when he got there Titus had been sent someplace else who was doing something else and he, he missed him, he was disappointed how many of you have some people that if you don't get to see him you're disappointed you yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying Sure. it's disappointing It doesn't throw you into deep, dark depression, but, oh, man, I was hoping to get to see him. As I mentioned, I was talking with my uh, fellow who was the best man in our wedding, uh, Tim, and he he said, oh, I was so hoping you would make it to the reunion. And I said, well, I I told you, you know, I was going to be on a missions trip with with some teenagers and I probably should have gone to the reunion, you know. I'd have been one of those guys that had mobility issues and (laughs) couldn't make it down the stairs and sing on the way out of town. But uh, just disappointing, disappointing. And uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 5 to 7. Excuse me. Yeah, 5 to 7. Okay. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our
4: bodies had no rest. But we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the consolation with which he was comforted which with, with which he was comforted in you. Easy for you to say. Then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he told us of your earnest desire your morning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoice
0: to more. Okay, what does this tell us about Titus and his relationship to Paul? It brought
4: him joy.
0: It brought him joy because when he showed up in Macedonia, a large area, he was kind of discouraged, and Titus came and was encouraging to him. And there's some people that just pump you up. How, how, can you think of anybody that just kind of pumps you up? Just You feel better after you, you've seen them. You feel better when they're around. There's people on Sunday mornings. I look out. If I don't see them, oh. But if I see them, oh. You know, and uh, looking for smiling faces. That was what, one of the reasons it was so difficult during the uh, couple months that we didn't have our regular services and we were just doing live stream it's tough preaching to an empty sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you folks, it is a tough tough sell. And that's when we brought out the Muppets.
3: <laughs> and,
0: and, and scattered them around and put them in different postures. We, we had one that is kind of balding that looked a lot like Mark and we had him in the uh, fifth row like sometimes he is. So, you know, uh, hope this is edited. But uh you know, so I was preaching to, uh, the Muppets. And Sunday, uh, when we started service, there was almost nobody in the sanctuary. Everybody was running late, whatever. We finally got a decent crowd, but, but when we started off, Carissa came over and said, Dad, uh I want me to go get the Muppets. <laughs> but there are some people, when you see them, it brightens your day, it, it lifts your spirits, and uh, it's always exciting. And that's what happened here with, with Paul. He nevertheless, God, he said there were conflicts on the outside, and inside, fears, bad stuff was going on, and in the middle of it shows up Titus, and he just brings, brings it to life and brings joy and excitement, and uh, he was comforted uh, when he gave him reports of how the people were praying for Paul. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Ready. You're ready. You're ready. 2 Corinthians 7, 13-16. Therefore
2: we were comforted in your comfort. Yea, and exceeding the more joy we were. For the joy of Titus, because his spirit was very fresh by you all. For if I have posted anything to him, I'm not ashamed. But as we spoke of all things, you in truth, our boasting was uh, are both which I made before Titus is is found in truth, and his inward affliction is more abundant toward you. Affection. Affection. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. No, that okay. is what. You, that's what you said to me. Yeah. I said. There you go. Okay. <laughs> 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 and his inward, as I was say, friendship is more abundant to you with remember the obedience of you all, how with fear and trembling you receive, received him. I rejoice that therefore that I have confidence in you in all things.
0: Okay. When Timothy shows up, he's an encourager. We've talked a lot about different people like Barnabas. His nickname was the encourager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just some people that brighten your day. And uh, when I look at the, at the phone and it, it tells me who's calling me, how many of you get some calls that you'd just rather not answer, like yeah. potential spam? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to offer me something for my house or want me to get a new program or whatever. And I just, uh, but I see names of other. Whoa, all right. You know, uh, hey, brother, hey, sister, how, how's it going? And so there's, Titus was one of those guys that he loved the Lord, and whenever he came into the room, he lit it up. And he would tell people about what God was doing His affections are greater for you as he remembers the obedience of you all. He was bragging on the church at Corinth. Now you remember, Corinth, the Corinthian church, had some problems. Yes. But he had been sent there to help them. And in between the first letter to the Corinthian church and the second letter of Paul to the Corinthian church, Titus had gone there And was was telling Paul how that they were making a turnaround. Praise God. Good news. Good report. Uh, Galatians. Since nobody took it, I'll take it. Galatians 2, 1 through 4. 1 through 3. Then after 14 years I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, and also took Titus with me, and I went up by revelation and communicated to them. That the gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So we find out that Titus was from a Greek Gentile background. He wasn't Jewish. He wasn't a Jewish convert. Uh, he was he was a Greek. And so uh, so when he went up to Jerusalem, he's kind of like a, a fish out of water because the Jews are storming Paul and saying, you know, these Gentiles, we don't want them in the in the church, you know. And he's, wait, whoa, 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 you know. And then the Juda- Judaizers were saying, well, you've got to follow all the religious rules of the Jews to become a follower of Christ. And he said, no, no, no. Titus didn't do it. Titus didn't go along with it. And then, uh, I think I have one more here. Yeah. Well, I didn't didn't put it in there. Let Let me give you another one. 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 10. 2 Timothy 4, 9 and 10. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has deserted departed for Thessalonica Crescens to Galatia Titus for Dalmatia and it wasn't saying that Titus had deserted him but Titus was on a mission and as we read as we studied previously in, in some of the letters Paul would send Timothy or Titus or whatever to do certain jobs and it left him kind of in the hole, right? because if he was in prison as he was most of the time no one was ministering to him when his main guys were on a mission so he had even though he was in prison in Rome he sent Titus and Crescens to different places because he was more concerned about the church than himself that's a good thing mm-hmm. that's a good thing so Titus was a Greek heritage and he as we find out here in other places he is one of Paul's troubleshooters. Remind me again what a troubleshooter is.
2: person who goes to the, having a trouble they send somebody
0: Yeah. How many yeah. have ever hired somebody to troubleshoot some problem you had with an, an appliance or Or uh, a computer program. How many of you ever had a problem with your computer and you called somebody in? Okay, well, troubleshooter. Geeks. Yeah, you called in a geek. Um, But when you can't solve it and you're not present with that, um, Titus was one of the guys, Timothy was one, Titus was another, who Paul said felt comfortable sending in to a troubled situation, like Corinth. I mean, I wouldn't want to have gone to Corinth. How about you? I mean, they were a mess. But Paul had confidence that Titus would not be swayed by all the shenanigans and sinful practices that were going on in Corinth. And so he was one of a a few that we know of that Paul used as troubleshooters He's in prison, he can't go, you know. So he, he sends uh, Titus and he sends Timothy specifically to places that he can't make it. And here we find that he had, at least we know he had gone been sent to Corinth to clean up some of the mess there. And now we find out today that Paul was sending him to Crete and we don't have any documentation on this you know everybody has a theory about everything right some people believe that he was from Crete and so Paul was sending him back home but there is no documentation in the scripture was he can you give me an argument of why he he may not have been from Crete Think about it logically. Was he from Corinth? No. No, He was was a Greek. Well, Corinthians, Greek territory. He could have been from Corinth, right? Paul sent him there. Just because Paul sent him to a place does not mean that's where he was from. Mm -hmm. And so you, you know, uh, how many of you have ever been sent someplace by somebody? (laughs) I was sent to the grocery store last (laughs) night, but I don't live there. Well, sometimes it seems like it, but but uh, I went to the grocery store on a mission. I accomplished my mission. I came back home, and and there is food in the house at the Keene residence. Uh, but you know, some people want to build things into the scriptural story. It's not a good. It's not a good idea. Could he have been from Crete? Sure. He could have been from New York, for all I know. I don't know. You don't. Well, I know he probably wasn't from New York. But what's the danger of someone saying, well, this is definitely, he was from there. This is a definite thing. What's the danger of that? Is there any danger? You're making scripture say something it doesn't say. You're trying to manipulate. The scriptures mm-hmm. to go with your view. Yeah. Uh, if you have an opportunity tonight to tune into the evening class, I have a primary example of this. We are up in John's Gospel, we are up to chapter 2. I'm moving, <laughs> moving right along. We're at the wedding of Cana. and there are people today. Liberal scholars, falsely so called, who suggest that Jesus was at the wedding because it was his wedding. Yeah. And they they take the fact that he was at the wedding, you know, and he was involved in it, and these kind of things, and they ignore what the Scripture actually says that the the best illustration is this. Now, he was probably in Capernaum before this, right? That's where Jesus was stationed. And it's three and a half miles from Capernaum to Cana of Galilee. And they had the wedding, which usually lasts a week back in those days. Mm. And then the very next verse, after he turned the water into the fruit of the vine the very next thing, and then he and all his disciples and his mother Mary went to, back to Capernaum. Now, what might you say to the person that says, well, that was Jesus' wedding, or Cana"? What might you say? He left his wife. <laughs> yeah. Took everybody else on the honeymoon, forgot his wife, you know. That would, that would just not go over. You know, I mean, He'd have some problems in his marriage. But people are teaching this. It was on a special, on TV, on the History Channel. Because there's a whole bunch of people that say, well, Jesus was married. And then there's a whole group of people saying that Jesus was homosexual. Taking things out of context. Folks, it's very important to only say what the word says. You can get yourself all messed up. And then it causes other people not to believe the Bible when you take things out of context. Like I, you know, I'm trying to keep myself under control. I have resisted my impulses. Praise God. It's probably because you're praying for me. But I have wanted so much to get the phone number of that idiot one on the commercial, the pro-abortion pastor uh-huh. from downtown Columbus. And I want to give him a piece of my mind, but Linda said, you don't have any to spare. So I, so I, I probably better not. It wouldn't be a good one. But to take a few words out of a whole passage of scripture yeah. that's talking about a completely different thing and bend it to your false warped view exactly. of God and his word yeah. Yeah. and I found out that this is a large congregation uh-huh. multiple hundreds that sit under this guy's teaching, mm-hmm. preaching every single week downtown Columbus wow. downtown Columbus wow. my, 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 congregational church of Christ i tell you you know it's a dangerous thing to mess with God's word to take things out of context or to read things in we don't know for sure what we do know is that Titus was somebody that was very very akin to Paul and Paul trusted him to go into difficult situations and not to mess it up further
3: I, I had a assistant pastor one time years ago
0: and he was a the fellow was a member of the church and had his credentials and uh, this was up in Massillon, Ohio and the, the person who shall remain nameless was he was just he was a nice guy but we were in a place where I needed to hire an assistant pastor. The board was on me. Pastor, you need to hire an assistant. You need you need some help. And so so they they suggested him, and I said, Well, I'll pray about it. And I prayed about it. And the Lord said, No, don't do it. Don't don't do it. No, not the right person. Nice guy, not nothing. And then I had family that was interested in him. And I had I had other people on the board that were this is the guy and I acquiesced
3: Uh-oh.
0: I said okay what harm can it do <laughs> oh <my. laughs> no it was a bad move because I'd take two steps forward and he'd dig me a hole to step back into
1: mm.
0: one illustration simple illustration we were doing a thing called Pasta with Pastor. Every Wednesday, every single Wednesday, I would cook pasta and have garlic bread and invite some of the newer families and a couple of our regular families, long-term families, to supper before Wednesday night service. And they'd fellowship and get to know one another and... uh, it was just a pasta with pasta. And I had a special sauce that I purchased from up in Navarre, Ohio. And I bought it by the case. It was excellent. Didn't have to mess with it. And I had somebody, some, one of the new families, said, I made, I made this uh, pasta sauce. Uh, would you want to use it? And I said, Well, I thank you. I, said, I have this other. He said, Well, I'll give it a try. And so uh, I tried it, and it was so spicy that uh, it was excellent, but it was so spying. I could not use it Mm -hmm. and uh, I made the mistake of telling this assistant and he went, the the guy went up and he says, "Uh, did you enjoy that pastor? He says, no, pastor said it wasn't any good. Which resulted in a lot of my time being taken up trying to dig myself out of a hole I had not dug. So Titus is somebody that Paul trusts mm-hmm. implicitly, and he's sending him, in. and he's starting. He's sending him, <coughs> him to Crete. Now, where in the world is Crete? It's a Greek it's island. It's island. It's a Greek island. Yeah. And uh, in the Mediterranean, it's a Greek island. And uh, the, the emphasis here is on what he sends him to do there. Look there at Titus chapter 1 and verse 5. Titus 1 and 5. And we'll get to our first principle pr- to pray about. For this reason... I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Paul thought this was important enough to leave him there to set things up and put them in spiritual order. Our first prayer principle for the day is this. Praying for spiritual order in the church. Praying for spiritual order in the church. There's all kinds of definitions of what a church is. But the only one that really matters is what the Lord says a church is supposed to be. Amen. Amen. I have people come, I have somebody come in this morning. And so aren't churches supposed to give out money and help people that well? That That's not our primary responsibility. We try to help in a wide variety of ways. Uh, but no, that, that is not what our purpose is. Our purpose is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and show compassion, show God's love in ways that we can. And we try to do that. To set things in spiritual order because would anybody admit that a lot of the church—I'm not talking about our particular brand—but a lot of the church is out of order.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yes. Out of order. What are some things that are kind of not functioning the way God intended them to function? Things that are out of order. The biggest out of order is they
4: don't even preach
0: the gospel. Okay, they—they've well, they've disconnected themselves. From the gospel of the Lord. And just before that, says, for this reason, you look to the first four verses of Titus, and he's talking about how he's faithful to the word, you know. And how that he's committed and dedicated. He's like a spiritual son to Paul. For this reason, I'm leaving you there in Crete to get things, because they're a mess. You know, get them in order. So when we disconnect ourselves from the Word of God. And we take on philosophies, traditions, attitudes, uh, teachings that are not in the Bible. And then try to support them. Everyone loses faith in the Bible because they can see through it. What are some other reasons that things that are out of order in the church world today? Things that are out of work.
2: well, they think the church is a charity organization. Okay, that
0: the church is only exists to be a charity, and uh, we have all the big bucks. You have all the big bucks, <laughs> and that. Uh, <laughs> Not uh, I, I, I have. Lived, I'm, I'm instructing Linda to start putting little check marks uh, on her calendar of how many calls we get a day about this time of the month to pay rent. Mm. To pay for rent, utilities, and whatever. Now, what? somebody throw out a number of what would be an average rent for a, for a place, a two-bedroom apartment yeah,
4: today. A, thousand a what? A thousand
0: anyway. Well, at least a thousand fourteen 1, hundred twelve 1400, 1, 1400. Yeah. and uh, then utilities what what's your utilities running for oh, you yeah. come on uh, they're probably getting lower right
3: <laughs> <laughs> now
0: let's say I've I had two today already uh, let's say we had five a day
4: beer And so,
0: how how, 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 what kind of offerings would we have to have to pay the rent for several people? If that was what we were supposed to do, the Lord would have provided it a different way. Mm-hmm. One of you would be at least a millionaire, you know, we'd, we'd rest on your tithe. But, But that's not what we're here for. We we try to help what we can, and that's the reason years ago we determined as a church Mm -hmm. and church board uh, that that we can't do everything. That's right. But we can do something. Mm -hmm. And we can we cannot flood the the West Side with money, but we can be servants and the food distribution, let me put a plug in, we need your help. Friday and Saturday, Friday for boxing up, Saturday for distributing, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's work, amen? Can I get a witness for that? Yes. It's work. It's sweat equity, if you will. We're, we're working, we, you know, it, it's, and it's wanted and needed. We have a, when we open up, we have a line that stretches out to the highway from all the way back to the property. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And then also, we're opening up our doors to the Streets Chapel ministry. And at the end of the month, they'll be starting every Saturday evening, they'll be having a meal and a ministry to homeless
1: people.
0: Right over in the fireside room. You can help with that. You can see Bill, and uh, he'd be willing to have you help. Whether it's cooking or just being there as support, or share a testimony, or provide food or whatever, and uh, so every every week, every single week, those who are homeless are going to have a warm meal, but also the gospel will be shared. All right. And Bill has had an excellent track record of getting some of the people that were homeless into jobs. And homes.
3: Amen.
0: You, you see, Jay. Jay Dolan Yeah. Now Jay comes with him, tall guy, mustache, gray gray hair. Now he was homeless. He was unsaved. And now he's saved, and has an
3: apartment.
0: Thank you, That's it. want to. I want to. I want to put my. My backing behind something like that, so we, we can't do everything, but we can do something. Does he help now? Huh? Does he help now too? Yeah, he helps in the ministry. He's part of the uh, the Streets Chapel ministry. Very awesome. So, like on Saturdays when he's helping us uh, distribute food, he says, "I got to leave now because I got to get ready for the the evening session." Right, so, Cool, way cool. So. We can't do everything, but we can do something. What are some other things that are kind of out of order, spiritual out of order in the church world? Yeah. I
4: think too many uh, round tables and too many um, home groups, mm-hmm. not enough preaching. Yeah. It's like Pastor has to somebody else to do it.
0: Yeah, there, there are valuable things for home groups, but I've had bad experiences. Yeah. I've had bad experiences where people will use that as an entry for false teaching
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and uh, uh, I've had home groups in, in many of the churches we've been in and but we had to monitor them because some people would seek to bring in mm-hmm. false teaching mm-hmm. into those things In a, mm-hmm. and then I've seen other, others that have gone way off the rails uh, one church that shall r- remain nameless uh, they they play euchre at theirs. No, I like I like playing cards, stone games. I like I like you know. I especially like it when I win, but but uh, that's not the purpose of a home group. Right, get into gossip and 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 just talk around the table. Uh, no, digest the word of God. In one of the churches, we had uh, our our care groups and we had an acrostic for what that meant. And what they would do is their discussion at their meetings of their home groups they would take the sermons and discuss the different aspects of the of the Sunday sermon or the Wednesday teaching and use that as an extension of their class so they could get face to face on a smaller group and discuss if we were talking about john 316 on sunday then they would go through and look at some of the things what did you get out of it you know and so using it as a as an adjunct teaching time but you know it can get off to a place where it's it's an avoidance of the preaching of the gospel rather than a place where it's preached yeah.
4: You know, nowadays, church is going to be socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. They want to include everything, everybody.
0: Yeah. Whatever you want, it's okay. You just come on mm-hmm. in. Yeah, uh, that's out of order. That that that's out of order. Yes, is everyone welcome here? Yes, yes they yes, are. Yes. Yes. Is there sin? acceptable here. No. Yeah. no. And you say, well, you're being judgmental according to the downtown pastor. No, I'm being a fruit inspector. We're not taught, told to be tolerant That's right. of sin. Absolutely. That's right. And if someone feels totally comfortable in my service Sorry. and are living in sin, we have a problem. Yeah. My preaching is not bringing conviction from the word of God to sin that's on me that's on me if a sinner can come in and feel I got no problem I'm okay I'm gonna make it to heaven living the way I am some there's a disconnect in my preaching and the convicting of I'm not in charge of convicting anybody. I'm in charge of preaching the word and the Holy Spirit convinces a of sin. Yeah. So I'm off the hook. But if I'm not preaching the word,
3: you're
0: just uh, I'm, I'm just encouraging them in their state. They're there. You'll be just fine. You'll, you'll, you'll be just fine. You, you're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Um, what are some other things that are out of order in kind of the church system today?
4: Yeah. Um where the worship is like a performance. You know, and it, I have a friend, she lives in Arizona and she's tried to find her church closed and she's trying she said she can't even see. She she can't even see to take notes to read her Bible. It's dark. Okay.
1: Yeah. Right. yeah. Fog machines. Yeah, yeah the machine fog machines are
0: the light show, yeah. yeah. Uh, some people are into that. I am not. Um, it doesn't mean it's sinful, but it does mean that it's not my cup of tea, and no. I like tea. But
3: <laughs>
0: if it's a performance and not a participation, I remember years ago uh, my, my, my son was my youth pastor for a while uh, up in Bell Fountain. And He said, Dad, you're not gonna believe this one. And I said, what? He had just taken his kids, the whole youth group, raised money and everything, got the kids to go to youth convention, and they brought in this big name musical group, and they didn't know any of the songs. It was just a concert. That's not worship. That's not worship. That's entertainment. And worship is for us to enter in. Oh come let us give thanks unto the Lord. Let us lift up the God of our salvation. God inhabits the praises of his people. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. To sing praise to his holy name. That's Bible. Now sitting back and Oh, nice nice concert there's a place for concerts I like to go to like a good Gator concert or uh, when he was alive I don't go to, since he's dead but I used to like to go to Carmen
1: concerts
0: but 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 uh, uh, there's a place for concerts but even in those worship was encouraged yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you're not just sitting on your hands in a darkened room Uh, looking at a light show Uh, you're just supposed to enter in and worship the Lord and and the concept of worship being a show is contrary to the way the Bible teaches worship Mm -hmm. and to amaze and dazzle and another thing that it does it causes some churches and church leaders to say well we can't uh, put on a show like that and feel bad about their worship.
3: Mm.
0: It's not about the show you put on. That's
3: right.
0: It's about entering into the presence God. of the Lord Amen. and worshipping him and giving glory to his name. Amen. I you know me well enough by now I trust. Been here a couple of years anyway. Where are you going to find me during worship service? You can find me sitting down. Over oh, in a corner someplace. Where are you going to find this pastor during worship services? I'm going to be up front. And I'm up front because I don't care who else sees me. If I sit further back, I might become intimidated. But I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to sing praise to His name. I'm going to beat on that tambourine till all of those little ching-ching things (laughs) fly out. I'm making my joyful noise. And many times, this happens many times, I'm hoarse by the end of the praise and worship service because I I get into it. You say, well, you know, you need to save your voice. Well, what for? You know, I'm going to praise Him. I don't... I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. Well I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise my Lord. It's one of those things. I, I gotta do it. Yeah. It's okay. Those memories again. I was I was just kind of new into the assemblies of God as pastoring a church over in in Gallagher, Ohio at the time, many years ago, back in the late seventies. And I was just introduced to family camp <clears throat> up in Big Prairie. I may have ever been to Big Prairie, which is neither big nor a prairie. <laughs> <laughs> on the shores of beautiful, scum-free Lake O'Dell. Yeah. Uh, but I went up. We, we took our camper up and went up and camped out. And I, I wasn't on the worship team. I wasn't involved in it. I was just in the service. Now, I'm just praising the Lord. And the district superintendent, Brother Parsons, came up and said, Brother King, he had this real gravelly voice, Brother King. I says, yes, sir. And he said, "Uh, i noticed that you don't just sit in that service. You sing. He says, I was praying, and the Lord wants you to lead the services, the worship services at camp." did it for 20 years. Because I, I love to worship the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, what do you feel like when you really get in and worship the Lord? You feel good. Yeah. Presence. Yeah. Oh, you feel this presence and there's a joy. Yeah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. And when I get my focus off of me and my problems and all the bad things going on, and I fix upon the Lord, good things happen. And in His presence, there's fullness of joy. At His right hand, pleasures forevermore. And in your presence, fullness of joy. As we praise Him, as we worship. And believers are being robbed by performances. Mm-hmm. of which they're not entering in. Yeah, right. I feel badly for people who come to our church and just sit there. You say, well, I don't know the song. I don't care. I go to places I don't know the song.
3: The Lord. But I
0: can praise the Lord. I can make a joyful noise. Yes, sir. One of the best times I ever had was I walked into the upper room in Jerusalem and I'm surrounded by people from all over the planet. Remember that one? Remember that one, Grace? Oh my... Goodness gracious, I still get goosebumps. I walked in and the presence of the Lord was so real there. There were people from all over the world and we were all praising God, singing the same song in all of our own languages. Woo! What an upper room that was. Oh my goodness gracious. And the spirit of the Lord descended in such a way, our guide, who's a non-observant Jew, started weeping. And she says, Ken, what is this I'm feeling? I said, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's something special when we enter into worship. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not getting very far, am I? Uh, mm-hmm. Paul sent Titus to Crete to stay there to set it in spiritual order the things that are lacking mm-hmm. and appoint elders As I commanded you. So praying for spiritual leadership. And spiritual order. In the church. It's important. You say well this is kind of self serving. Not really. I'm just doing what the Bible says. It's important to pray. For your pastors. And for your deacons. For the leaders. For Sunday school teachers. If you're not praying for them. They're being uncovered to walk into areas of ministry. It, it's, it's one of those things where, let me ask you a couple of questions. When's the last time you remember praying for the people working in the nursery? I don't want a hand. I, I hear moans. When's the last time you prayed for that Sunday school teacher bringing the little toddlers in and chasing them down and and around? When's the last time you prayed for your Sunday school teacher? Or went to Sunday school? When's When's the last time you prayed over our worship leaders before the service of, oh God, anoint them afresh today? Mm-hmm. as they're lifting up their voices. See, you don't see what's going on up there behind the scenes. They're going through struggles, and challenges, mm-hmm. and facing things, but they said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yes, sir. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to lift up my voice. Amen. Do I feel like it? No, bad things are going on, but I'm going to praise Him. Mm-hmm. As long as I have breath, I'm going to praise Him. And when's the last time? When you walked in and you sat down and said, Lord God, I'm asking you to anoint Pastor Carissa as she leads in the worship. But don't wait till you get there. You see, she's working on that all week long, putting the songs together. So well, I don't like the songs. Well, why don't you pray for her? When's the last time you prayed for? During the week. And, and and for the people playing the keyboards, you know how hard it is? How many of you can play an instrument and then lead songs at the same time? Anybody here? It's tougher than it looks. I demonstrated that Sunday at the nursing home. Marcia was ill, so... I took my guitar out of the cobwebs of my office and remembered the four chords that I know and tried to play and sing. And uh, it was one of those things I, I I didn't realize that my strap for my guitar was from an old guitar and it didn't fit me. It's for a smaller person. So the thing was up like here. <laughs> so <laughs> as as I, had to, I had to take that off and just put a a chair there and put my foot up on the chair so I could hold my guitar.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I've, I've done that for years. I've done that, but you know I haven't been this old. <laughs> <laughs> and and Bobby Joe's
3: oh, oh,
0: as, as I'm listening to the left, I'm falling <laughs> off of my chair. <laughs> We made a joyful noise. That's all I can say. <laughs> it's hard stuff. Whether it's playing drums or a guitar or a bass guitar or the keyboard, leading the worship, putting the slides on the screen, punching all those buttons when you have your computer say, oh, ain't going to do it. And, and uh, praying behind the scenes for these things. Yes. Praying for spiritual order. Praying for those in spiritual authority is an important, important ministry, and if we're not doing it, well, I pray for you, Pastor. Well, good. How about praying also for the people that are in the gathering or watching on live stream, that the Word of God would speak to them, Mm -hmm. because you you need to get better odds. The odds of me hitting the nail on the head are few and far between. But the Holy Spirit knows how to put the hammer on the nail. Amen? Amen. So you need to be praying for that area. So praying for spiritual leadership and spiritual order in the church is not something that we should just let go. And it's something... Well, let me just do a brief survey. I'm not asking for intimate confessions here. How many will you admit you've not been praying for the spiritual leadership of the various ministries of the church as you should? Anybody? You know, that that person that's going in and working in the nursery, they're sacrificing their time to be with the kids, and sometimes the kids are not thrilled to be there we had one that, that thought that the nursery ministry was diaper changing ministry and would, would load up two or three of them by the time he was done you know so, what a wonderful ministry we need to pray for them. amen praying for spiritual order he goes on to tell Titus what that spiritual order should be I've used the illustration many times, but it's a good illustration, I'm going to use it again. And if you were asleep last time, this will be a wake-up call. Uh, If you have a car, and I I had car work done, and I know, uh, how many of you have had front-end alignment issues with your car? Anybody? Wobbling down the highway. (laughs) Wobbling down, you know, you're going down the road, and uh, what's it doing to your tires? Right. Right. It's messing them up something fierce. Right. And if you take your hands off the wheel, you shouldn't, but if you do, you this <laughs> goes over this way. You're, you're getting there, but you're messing up things in your car, because your car's out of alignment. But when it's in alignment, you get there quicker, safer, more economically, and also it's not hard on your car. All right. Now, we can do church out of alignment with God's Word. Mm-hmm. We may, well, we have church. <laughs> but it's better to be in alignment with God's Word.
3: Amen.
0: One of my pet peeves that we find in the church world today is is that uh, people want to Delegate the uh, the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or prayer for the sick, or whatever, to a back room rather than the altar. There are churches that do not have an altar call. I'm talking about allegedly assembly of God churches that do not have an altar call. They don't believe it. I have I have evangelist friends who say, Ken, you won't believe this. He says, I went in and I I asked him what what wanted to do for an altar call. is an altar what?
4: No. Uh,
0: we need to get back in alignment with God's Word to give people an opportunity to respond to the Gospel. And, and it's not about exposing, exposing people to the Gospel. It's about giving them an opportunity to choose. So he goes on to say, I'm running out of time here. But uh, we need to be in alignment with God's Word so that our, our spiritual order in the church is correct and our spiritual leadership is on target. I ask for you to pray for me. I ask for you to pray that if I'm wrong about something that the Holy Spirit would smack me around and straighten me out. I I don't want you to just accept what I say. Uh, I'm not that smart. I, I need for you to pray for me, so I don't say something stupid. How many of you have ever just said something really stupid? in the moment you said it, What yeah. mm-hmm. oh, time is it? Yeah. Uh, I need your help. I'm talking a lot, and so I need to I need to have a lot of prayer, so I don't put my size 14 in my in my mouth. It says that the leader, he says, I want you to appoint leadership. And he says, I want you to pray for bishops, for pastors, for elders. And talking about spiritual leaders, Episcopos is the, the bishop, and it means somebody, basically a pastor with authority over others, over other pastors. It's what we in our movement call a presbyter. I served as a presbyter for many years ago. And, uh, or assistant presbyter, and and I was in charge of all the churches in the West Ohio area. And I would go in and meet with the boards, and I would pray with them about if there was a pastoral opening, if there was a problem in the church, I would go in and be involved in that. That was a, a bishop kind of of role, of overseeing other pastors, and pastors the local fellowship, elders... Uh, leaders within the church and we need to pray for them and it says that they are to be first and foremost blameless that they're to be in order with God's word they're to be blameless it means impeccable that they, they're not preaching one thing and living another they're not going to be taken down by the reports of other things of other people impeccable uh, unassailable irreproachable that they are living what they preach to be reputable the uh, how many of you ever had a disreputable uh, person uh, do something for you at your at your house or your car or whatever and you thought they were good and turned out they weren't. I know I've told some of you about this, but I was pioneering a church in Oxford, Ohio, many years ago, mid-70s, and uh, one of the guys in the church was an electrical contractor, and he stood up in a Wednesday night service, and we were getting ready to build a building. We were meeting in the school, the high school at the time, And he says, the Lord's laid upon my heart to donate all the labor and materials for this new church building. I mean, we were cheering. We were shouting. About a year later, got a bill. This doesn't sound like much today, but back in the day, it was $20,000. And I said, oh, you, uh, you just for tax purposes, no, at your bill. Oh my god. I said, but you said, do you don't have nothing to write it." Oh my, oh my, wow. Oh my god! Wow! Ouch! Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> <coughs> <just> Disreputable. Wow!
2: <laughs>
0: I didn't say anything to the people, but the people thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh he was it's just oh, oh man. Isn't it a wonderful what he did? And I, wow.
3: <laughs>
0: my, my. So we're instructed here to pray for spiritual order. Things that are lacking, things that are out of place. We need to pray for that. I've been praying for that, that fella in downtown Columbus who is messed up. Theologically and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm praying. Yeah. And I'm i praying for. We need to pray when we see things that are out of order and out of line. We need to pray. Things that are lacking. We need to pray over our leaders, over our Sunday school teachers, over nursery workers, over the worship team, over over the Royal Rangers, over the girls' ministries on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. over over the Men's ministries, over the uh, the streets, chapel—all we need to pray over those things. Everything needs a prayer covering. Yes. And guess what? You can do it. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: There may be things that you say, "I just can't do that," and "I can't do that," and "I can't that." Would you like to teach? I can't do that, but you can pray for the people who are doing that. Yes, sir. Okay. Mm -hmm. I only got a couple moments for this last one. That we'd be in alignment with God's word. Praying for pastoral compliance to God's word. That we'd be amenable to the word of God. Not to the philosophies of men or the traditions of people. But God's word. The standards of the word are extremely important. We've got to stay close to God's word. And you're doing a great thing. You're studying God's Word. You cannot know God's ways if you do not know God's Word.
4: That's right. If
0: you do not know God's Word, you cannot know God's ways.
3: That's right.
0: And there is a, a dearth of understanding of God's ways today. The second principle, and you say, well, this is strange. Mm-hmm. Praying for liars. Oh, why? Well, he said that. He said, "Praying for liars.
4: My goodness. Okay. can't spare people with lies. Right.
0: First, uh, he tells us that in that whole process of talking about uh, the people of Crete, he says, those people of Crete are a bunch of liars. Mm -hmm. He says, some of you false teachers, you even call them liars. And lazy, not worth a hoot," he says. Uh, "You know, all Cretans are liars," and uh, he says, "And what? And that, that's one true word that they've spoken. Wow!" And uh, you say, "Well, it's just a lie." What does the Bible have to tell us about lying? They won't the kingdom of What was it, Tom? They won't inherit the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm short on time. Let me read a couple things for you, a couple verses. The Cretans had a reputation for being a bunch of liars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lying and a pattern of lies is serious. Have you ever known somebody that yep. lied when the truth would have served them better?
4: Amen. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> Exaggeration is another form of lying. The individuals that just cannot tell the truth, just just cannot tell the truth. What does that do to you when you you run into a person and you just can't believe them? What does that do for you?
2: Makes you furious.
0: It Makes you furious, and you just got. Sometimes I just stare at. You. I don't know a young person that. I challenge him, challenge this kid on it on different occasions. I said, that's not true, is it? <laughs> no. I said, well, why'd you tell it then? Well, the Bible tells us that lying will keep you out of heaven.
3: Yes, sir.
0: A, not just telling one liar, but a pattern of lies mm-hmm. and distortions of the truth. And you see, there's a, a key ingredient here. Jesus is the truth.
2: Yes, he
4: is.
0: truth. And if we are liars, we are not connected mm-hmm. to the truth.
4: That's right.
0: The old, the old joke, how can you tell if a politician is lying? <laughs> <laughs> if his lips are moving. <laughs> First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8 says this. But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, sodomites, kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which is committed to my trust. And then Revelation, we know this one well. Revelation 21. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, all the liars. a few liars all no all liars. just some no, all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire mm-hmm. the lake which burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death lying is serious business yes, it
3: really is.
0: and the issue today in our world is people don't see that lying is a problem mm-hmm. because how many of you have been lied to on the media already today? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
0: know. um, last night, yesterday, there was a, an explosion at a hospital in the Gaza Strip. Mm-hmm. Hundreds, hundreds dead. Mm-hmm. Immediately, the Hamas said, it was, it was Israel, they, they shot a missile and blew it up. Israel said, we will check into it. And they have actual footage of a rocket coming up from Gaza and going down at the hospital. Amen. Actual footage. But right now, across America, people are believing a lie. Oh, yes. It's a huge problem today. People are willing to believe a lie. And uh, we need to be ambassadors of truth. It's uncomfortable, but you need to challenge liars. I've been told
4: that a person can go to hell for believing a lie. Is that true? For believing a lie.
0: Well, if they believe let me give you an illustration. If they believe that good works will get you into heaven, they will go to hell. Because they're believing a lie. You have to be born again. Amen? You know, and so the people that are teaching and preaching and purporting that uh, you don't have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you just be a good person, give money this way and that, and you're going to make it in? God wouldn't send anybody to hell. Their belief in that lie,
4: guess where they're going to wind up? Yes, yeah. to research uh, that.
0: Find out the truth. So, our two prayer principles today, we've got to stop. them out of time. The two prayer principles, first of all, in Titus, praying for spiritual order in the church. If you see something that's out of order, need to pray. Then praying for the leaders of churches, whether it's a Sunday school teacher, a nursery worker, a worship leader, uh, we need to pray because they need a spiritual covering over their ministry. It would be like if if you are not praying, if we're not praying for the people that go in on, on Sundays or Wednesdays, it would be like sending a a military person into the battlefront unarmed and unprotected. I many you realize Satan doesn't want lives to be touched and changed. You're in a battle zone when you're teaching a Sunday school class. Believe me, I know. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, whether you're preaching or leading worship or whatever, the devil does not want people to have an experience with God. That's right. And especially children.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: He wants to keep them away from the gospel tree. And so if we send our teachers and our helpers and our workers in without covering them in prayer, Jesus. it's it's like sending in the military and say, I'm sorry, we're not going to give you any gun today. Mm. We're going to send you into Gaza and we're going to dress you in a white suit, and they'll respect that. <laughs> Foolishness. Well, let's let's take time right now. And let's pray for a request that you have today. As always, we first and foremost pray for our unsaved loved ones, yes. those that are not walking with the Lord, that they would be confronted with the truth of the gospel. They need Jesus. Yes.
4: Yes. Unspoken Uh, request, yes. My my niece's father-in-law is very ill, and he needs prayer. And his name is? Macy Smith.
0: Macy Smith, niece's father-in-law. Yes. I have a prayer report. My
4: sister's daughter, her daughter's daughter, and her great-granddaughter, Church
0: last night. Praise God. Yeah, Hallelujah. Praise, God. praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes. Um,
4: praise for Brett Palmer. He's the manager of the Longhorn Steakhouse. He's had some problems, and he's he's going in for a, a result of the test today. It's Brett. Brett Palmer. Brett Palmer. Yes. I have a praise report. Um me and Sophia was in Kroger yesterday doing some grocery shopping. And uh, this lady passes and you know, Sophia calls me Gigi. She
0: said, Gigi, um, I want to go over there and talk to that lady about Jesus. Whoa! whoa,
4: whoa. She <laughs> said, This is bad, and my side like, went, oh, okay, that's enough. I said like that. And then we went down the road again, she said, Gigi, there's that lady. She said, "I want to talk to her about Jesus." Mm. So I said, "Okay, go ahead." And I thought, "What can someone do to a child?" Mm. And she walks up to her and says, uh, "Do you love Jesus?" Mm. And she said, "Yes, I love Jesus." She said, "Well, then you can come to my church." I was <laughs> <laughs> standing there like, "You're also <laughs> Where me geek and Geeky can take you to the whip store <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jerusalem, yes. the whole scenario yes. over yes. there, and for the truth versus lies. Yes. Going on. Yes. Well, let's go to prayer. Yeah.
2: I also got a praise report. We was going home on 62 and we got uh, almost to the freeway and there was a side road and a guy pulled out. I mean, he didn't stop. He pulled mm-hmm. right out the front of course, I, I was driving and I whipped it around. But thank the Lord, no cars was touched. And uh, there were, uh, it, it could have ended up a lot. It's yeah. bad, bad. Praise
0: God. Yes. yes? Jordan and Julia and the
4: team that's in Honduras is flying back. they get in around midnight in Cleveland? Okay. 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 Yes. i
2: yes pray for my family and my own Joseph. so we need a
0: prayer okay Cheers. very good well let's go to prayer <coughs> um, could we have several lead out in a word of prayer I'll close in a bit and uh, could we be praying for our Sunday school teachers yes. and our worship leaders yes and uh, the people behind the scenes, and and the deacons, and uh, all the different people that need a covering of prayer, because the enemy is on the attack.
4: Yes. 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 That's really the next Monday to
0: Florida. Oh. So, for a couple weeks. Travelling no. mercies to Florida. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bring her back a flamingo. It'll make (laughs) you praise God. Let's go to prayer.
2: Dear Lord, we thank you for your goodness and kindness and mercy. Dear Lord, we thank you for the word, Lord, that is a lamp unto our church. Dear Lord, we thank you for the precious gift of the Holy Ghost that leads us and guides us in all truth. For surely you are truthful. I just it down upon us, Ask our pastor, Lord, and the leaders of this assembly, Lord. Touch them from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, Lord. Lead and guide them, Lord, as they direct, direct the steps, Lord. Mighty God, we are uh, thankful people and thankful that you would keep your hand upon us, Lord. these Trying time for yes. and look down upon the leaders of this nation. <laughs> Thank you for that love that you put deep down within our soul. And just keep your hand upon my nose and my sisters, Lord. Help them and guide them. And put their hands around the bowel, Lord. Keep them from the darts of the enemy. We give you all the praise, Lord. All the praise in that precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
4: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.
0: cloud covered the people of Israel as they walked through the wilderness. That under the cloud there was provision, there was warmth, there was light, there was protection. The Lord would cover his own under the shadow of the Almighty. Know that the Lord is a covering for his people. Find strength Find light, find health, find healing, find protection. For he is the God who covers your life. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: Hallelujah. Thank you Lord, thank you Lord, thank you Lord.
0: Lord God, we bless your name today and we thank you for Titus and men like him who Paul could trust to go into difficult situations and take the things that are out of alignment and put them back into alignment with your word. Yes. Father God help us to put everything against your word and measure it thereby. Yes. We ask, Father God, if we've lifted up health needs, we've lifted up people facing surgery, people with reports coming in, people with, with dire situations, and we're thankful that you have not changed. You're the same God today. You're the same God who's able to heal. You're the same God who's able to help. We pray for our unsaved loved ones those that have drifted away from you that some have just run from you. You know where they are, Father God. And we call upon you by the Holy Spirit to draw them back to a place of calling upon the name of the Lord. We thank you, Father, that your word truly is that strength and guidance for us anointed by the Holy Spirit. We pray, Father, for our church. We pray for those who are trying to serve you here. From the humblest to the most visible and everything in between. That Father, that we would pray for one another. That we would not faint. That we would hold steady the course. I praise you, Father, for for little Sophia Yes. And I thank you, Father, for what's being birthed in her that spirit of reaching out to tell people about Jesus. We ask, Father God, that you would let it spill over and touch others. We commit this entire day to you, Father. And we ask that your hand would be strong upon us as that covering as that anointing. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise, God. Praise God. Thanks for coming out today. Thank you for coming out. <laughs> Thank you for coming out today. I wouldn't do anything else. I figured I'd show up. I'd so show up. Hey, Jackie and I are Friday and right? But that's not right Jackie, you know. And pray for us, if you can If I could help us out on Friday and Saturday. We're going to have hike, Houston, West Virginia, with my Oh, okay. That's number nine. I used to go every year down to yes. Old Man's Cave and have camp out down there in the fall. Yeah. lot of If you want to,
3: I
4: can. You want you to get a lot of good by Can't yeah,
0: Cannot today. My daughter's. For the, for the week yeah she's gonna help out Carissa with the nieces and nephews yeah. Yeah. I haven't called yet I've been I've had a lot of things on my plate what does what Friday look like What's your you guys have yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here's the thought. Friday, I'll have several we'll people here. boxing up the food. After that. Friday? Yeah. After that, I can take the of you guys with me and go to your house. That's like at 1 o'clock after we're done got room. Room. Yeah. Yeah. I call Thank <laughs> different things that you can do. okay.
1: Okay? So anyway, she's back in the room